Welcome to the Seek First podcast with Steve and Jordan. This is a podcast about seeking first the kingdom of God where we work, live, and play. The content of each podcast will correspond to the current sermon series at Ontario Christian Church, current events that rise up, and also to the church calendar. Thanks for listening. Welcome back to episode 24 of the Seek First podcast with Stephen Jordan. We're thankful that you joined us once again. Uh, we're going to be doing a series that Jordan had considered in regards to what is love and what is the biblical context within uh, pursuing God's love and kind of giving some definitions, some thoughts, uh, some scriptural backgrounds uh, to kind of reorient our thinking in regards to what love is, especially as it continues to become kind of just I don't know, messed up in our current society. Our current, distorted. It is very distorted. So we're going to be spending some of our episodes focusing on the specific topic at hand. So if you have any ideas as, as well, feel free to email us at podcastseekfirst at gmail.com. So we're just going to go ahead and open up with that as a thought. So Jordan, kick us off uh, with this new series we're going to be talking about uh, in our podcast. Yeah. So uh, I think the main text is going to be uh, 1 Corinthians 13. And I think we're going to kind of parse that out in each episode, uh, taking aspects of the statements that Paul makes about love and what it is and what it is like. Uh, But kind of as a precursor, before we get into that, we kind of want to lay the foundation of how the Bible talks about love outside of that and how um, it talks about love as a person um, and that person being God. Um, But as you said, love is important. Love is like a very important topic, especially to Christians. The The call to love is a very high calling and it's, um, primary in how we are to operate in the world, both in relationship to God and to one another. Um, And when Jesus gets asked in Matthew 22, uh, verses 34 through 40, he uh, says, But when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together. And one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question to test him. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And he said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. I mean, that statement that Jesus makes in verse 40 is crazy. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. This would have referenced the Old Testament for uh, the Pharisees and Sadducees. And so for him to say that, like we don't quite understand the weight, obviously, because we weren't there. But that is just a weighty statement. Um, and so, again, it's the first and greatest commandment: love God and love neighbor. And and as you mentioned, uh, love is talked about everywhere. Like love is so distorted in our culture. And so, what we want to ask is, how can we know that we are being rightly informed on what love is and what love is not? How can we know according to the Bible? And we want to say that the main idea is that love is not a concept. It's not an idea. Love is not a definition, although we want to define love. But love is a person, and that person is God. First John four sixteen it says, uh, So we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. God is love. God is love. And whoever abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. And I'm sure at some point we will pull more uh, from 1 John 4 as that passage is just loaded about 
um, the believers call to love and how abide whoever, I mean, right there, whoever abides in love abides in God and God in him. But um, we just want to point out there that, that God is love. Um, and God is love because God is a trinity. And if we think all the way back to creation, God created out of the overflow of, of love that was shared between the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So much so that they wanted to create in their own image. And so I'm saying a lot. Is there anywhere you want to interject in here? <laughs> no, I was going to let you go for a bit because it's great stuff. Um, I think just kind of the thoughts that I'm having right now have to do more so with how society in general speaks about love mm. um, and that we're trying to bring some of these things back into focus of what the biblical context would be of love. Because love, as far as the world's concerned, many times is selfish um, self-centered and then also emotional, like highly emotional, highly feeling. And, and not to say that love doesn't contain, isn't contained within some form of emotion or feeling. Um, but it goes well beyond that. And so, uh, I think in our current culture, people are led by their feeling of love, um, of, of how they feel about it in the moment. And they can, they fall in love. They fall out of love. Like there's just these concepts, um, that a lot of people are led by. And so if we were to establish this as you just have in regards to love being um, God, like God is love, um, then we are giving a new definition. That's one of the goals, right, is to kind of stabilize and get a solid biblical view of what love is. Um, and it's not easy. Like the, I think the temptation right now is to be like, well, love is this, like you mentioned. You can't give it like the specific definition because God is way bigger than you know, we can even define, um, Mm -hmm. by that. So I think, uh, a caution that I want to throw out there, I guess, is as we have this study, um, that to not pigeonhole what love is, because I think that's Mm going to be the temptation to Mm -hmm. not by us necessarily, but maybe by a listener to say, I'm just looking for a clean definition of what is love. Well, love is God is love. And so you're going to point this out in order to know love, you have to know the author of love Mm -hmm. who is God. So I'm going to, that's all I kind of have to interject right now, I guess, is, uh, as you read those scriptures, just kind of pushing into the reality, the fact that our society just really has distorted it and it's mm. be way beyond an emotional fe- and, and a feeling. So, Right. And as Christians, we want to be informed by God and his word and not by the distorted expressions we find in society. Right. Yeah. Uh, which is, diff- I mean, it's difficult because love is not easy. Love it, And his love is not uh, simple. Um, as you just pointed out. And I think there's a temptation to make love like a feminine thing as mm. well. And mm-hmm. I just want to give that caution as the first episode that love is beyond just a feminine type thing. Love does a lot of different things. Right. And so uh, to encapsulate <laughs> love by who God is, is a really good starting point for us, I think. So just throwing that out as well. Yeah. And the first expression of love within the grand scheme of the universe was not between humans. It was God. Right. Um, in, e- in eternity past, he existed in this loving fellowship between Father, Son, and Spirit. And there's that line in John 17 where Jesus says, like, I want to give them the love that you loved me with before the foundation of the world. So before God created anything, uh, God was a Father who loved his Son in the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. So love also has a triune shape to it that we can't we can't miss especially when it says god is love it's talking about father son and spirit so yeah we definitely want to be careful not to uh, pigeonhole our definition because even with first corinthians 13 which we're going to read here in a little bit we could read and say all right um this is a definition of love which i believe it is but as you said it's not just a we can't just know what it's supposed to look like we have to experience it in order to show it because it's not of us it's of god so we have to experience god in order to show love. And so if God is love, um, 
something I find really helpful is, so what is that supposed to look like? And Colossians 1.15 says, He is the image, talking about Jesus, He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. So Jesus came and made visible what was primarily invisible. Jesus came and communicated to the world what God was like and, and how God interacted and uh, who God's heart was bent towards. That's what Jesus came to do. And if we look at uh, John chapter 1, um, it says that he was the Word. And, and in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Um, and that w- Word, Word, <laughs> that's confusing, mm-hmm. is Jesus think about it a different way. Jesus is exactly what God wanted to communicate to the world Mm -hmm. about himself. Um, And so Jesus came as the word to communicate and he was the image of what was uh, invisible. And so what we're building up to here is if love is a person and that person is God and Jesus came to show us who God is and what he is like, how do we grow in showing that love and showing that same love? And if we jump back to First John 4, thanks for bearing with us. First John 4, 19 says, We love because he first loved us. So if we're going to start um, trying to understand what love is and how we are to show it, this is, and we want to keep these two basic ideas before us. Love is a person, and we learn to love by being loved by Jesus. And for me, those are like the two most important ideas to keep in mind as we journey through this. And I don't know if there's any commentary you want to add there. Yeah, I think what is important, I guess, as I think about it, is the fact that we, in order to know, to know love, the definition, we have to know Jesus is your point. And so as Christians, as followers of Jesus, that means we need to be spending some time in the Gospels. We need to be spending time in the Word, uh, seeking what He has done, how He's interacted with people, um, so that we get to know him. And then also the, and we've been spending a lot of time in Psalms and Proverbs as well. Just reminding ourselves of the fact that God is love. He's also wisdom and um, all those things kind of work together uh, with one another. Um, and so I think that um, especially with the current state of the church is we got, we, we need to be spending time with Christ. That's just the bottom line. Like what are we doing? Uh, just kind of press back a little while ago uh, when it comes to um, spiritual disciplines and, and spending time in the word of God. Um, what are we doing to inform ourselves of who God is, what he has done? Are we taking time throughout the week to um, spend time with Jesus so we can get to know him and he gets to know us? And uh, we have uh, the model uh, of who Christ is and what he's done. I mean, in my era, the WWJD bracelet was pretty popular. I know that kind of puts me back in a generation as what as far as uh, the rubber bracelets or whatever they said, WWJD. Um, and I, at the time I mocked them pretty hard and I, I still struggle with that. But, um, the truth is, is that I think generationally we've kind of lost view or vision of who Jesus is and what he has done. And, uh, part, partly because, uh, we turn to a lot of different sources to get definitions for these things mm. within the world is what happens. Like we watch shows, we watch uh, certain personalities that try to define what love is and redefine it. And it seems to be this shifting target right now of what love is. Like, if you love me, you accept me for who I am and you just get over it. And it's like, well, that isn't like, if you study Jesus, yeah, he does love you for who you are, but he has something greater for you as mm-hmm. well. And so I think as, as we kind of get into this, like I have this ear, this funky feeling in my belly going that, you know, the world is really mm-hmm. messing with this mm-hmm. topic. Um, yeah. And we're being told just accept things as they are. And if you love me, that's how it's going to be. And 
and loved us so much more than this. And I'm, I'm grateful to Jesus to challenge us and push back mm. on us as our creator and savior and redeemer, kind of redefining back, getting us to redefine love back to who he says it or what he says love is uh, based upon who he is. So I'm grateful for you kind of steering us in this direction right now. Cause I think it's, I think it's useful uh, because current, our current culture says, if you love me, you're just going to deal with me. That's just how it is. And uh, <clears throat> so I'm grateful to kind of get back to who Jesus is and his word and letting him define what love is. And it, it's going to be uncomfortable because mm-hmm. it love this, this is going to be challenging. Like one Corinthians 13 is rough because we're human and we do struggle with these things, but love presses into the hardship of Mm -hmm. growing and being stretched. And uh, Jesus does not back away from us in this process. So that's, I guess my two cents or two point, 1.3 cents for that one. So um, go ahead and yeah, let's, let's keep going on one Corinthians. Yeah. Just uh, real quick, a couple of thoughts as you were talking um, is that I remember um, learning this idea in college that if you want to know what is most holy or, or like in God's world, if you want to know what is most holy, take a look at what is most profane, like mm. out in the world. And so the idea is that Satan will <clears throat> do what he can to distort mm-hmm. that, which means the most to God. Absolutely. And so we talk, we've, we've mentioned so much already about how love is so distorted in the world. And well, as a Christian, I think we can take that to mean love as defined in the scriptures is the most whole one of the most holy things or of the most holy things that God has and the highest things that God has called us to do. Um, yeah. And I had another thought, but it has left me. So we're going to go well, to first Corinthians. Well, just oh. speaking about that, I mean, uh, love. Yeah, by far. I mean, the whole gospel is based on mm-hmm. what Jesus did for us. And, and I know that's jumping the gun big time, but I, you know, I think that, yeah, it's it's a great call, and Jesus modeled that for us. So, yeah, one go for it. First Corinthians thirteen. Actually, the thought came back. Okay, and then it. we'll jump into All right. Corinthians one thirteen. I think uh, we and we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, but the idea that um, that faithfulness is boring, mm-hmm. or that the the long haul is boring, and love is also super ordinary. You know, it's holy and it's extravagant and it's given shape by who God is and what God is like and how he has defined it. But it's also super ordinary. Mm-hmm. And it's the decision to say, I'm going to remain in this hardship because of, because of, for the sake of love and for the sake of Jesus. And so culturally how that works out is expressed in movies and books and TV shows that it's all about the, the feeling I catch. Like you mentioned falling in love or falling out of love, mm-hmm. but you know, what's never, um, you know, like a love story, what's never put in the script is the 50 years where <laughs> this couple fought through their junk and stayed yeah. faithful to one another and yeah, or loved each other when they didn't stay faithful to one another. Like they remained. Mm-hmm. And that is the mundane and the ordinary. Mm-hmm. Like we're, we're addicted to the, the, the place, the places that get us in our feels, you know. Yeah, sure. And so the, the young couple that's infatuated, or the old couple that, you know, I think about how many times I've heard someone say, "Look at that old couple, like walking down the the sidewalk holding hands, like they're so cute, and I want to be like them." But it takes a lot of work to be like mm-hmm. them because mm-hmm. they've decided to love each other every single day for the last however many years, mm-hmm. and so, and that's how God loves us. 
every single day mm-hmm. through our ups and downs, through our failures. And so, yeah, this is good. I mean, it, it brings me back to several things. Like we definitely view it. I love as far as the U S especially is concerned is contractual. Like I'll love you mm. as long as, mm-hmm. and so it is, it's, it's pretty shallow. I mean, Christina and I watched a Hallmark movie. We haven't watched a Hallmark movie in years. And we, it must've been a really boring dark night here recently or something. So I threw it on and we watched and it was cute. You know, you get the little warm, fuzzy feelings and tears may flow here and there. But the problem being is that it's so basic. It's for what did you just admit that you cried during a Hallmark movie? I, I will not admit that again. Okay. I, they can rewind if they want to hear it, <laughs> uh, but we've made it. We made it so Great. such a basic like storyline and it's ridiculous. Uh, mm. of of a storyline and and you're right yeah there's this little thing that's awkward and then they get through the little thing that's awkward and then live happily ever after kind of feeling um, and the unfortunate thing is is that we buy into that so easily mm. because it's easy um, and so yeah love is a lot of work it is hard sometimes and it goes it love will fly straight contrary to your emotions sometimes oh man <laughs> like to love one another is not just within marriage, but within family and within relationships and uh, within the church, just in general with friendships. There are times when the high calling of love is so deeply sacrificial that we just like physically just want to avoid it at all costs. Mm -hmm. And yet God continues to call us into it, which is the cross. And so I'm crucified with Christ, right? Nevertheless, I live not I, but Christ who lives in me. And and love does involve that aspect of crucifying the flesh and at times. And we were, I'm jumping way ahead. I'm sorry, Jordan, but no, it's great. Um, just, I, there's these two worlds that I wrestle with the world mm-hmm. of, of the here and now the world we live in. And then, then the spiritual realm of, of where we live right now in the future as well. But God defines love in such a hard way at times that like in the flesh, we just want to avoid it at all costs. And, people uh, the contractual piece being if it doesn't feel good anymore i'll move on to the next thing and i think we have that with churches with relationships with friendships with just marriages just kind of across the board like i'm in this as long as i get this and when that warm fuzzy feeling goes away i'll move on to the next thing and so we're we we're so so consumeristic when it comes to love Mm. um, which is the polar opposite uh, of what God has modeled for us. There's my rant. I got a rant off. I apologize, but this is great. Okay, Don't apologize. Well, hit. You can hit one. Whatever you want to do next, I guess. Yeah, I think we just got to be careful about what we let form our perceptions of what love is and what it isn't. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> because, you know, are we are we condemning the viewing of a Hallmark movie or a love story? <laughs> Absolutely not. No, no, no. But if we are not careful we will then move to have that expectation of our yeah, relationships. Yeah, it becomes formational. Right. Yeah. And that expectation that is formed by that movie yeah. is an expectation that's grounded in fantasy, not reality. Correct. Correct. And so we need to be on guard because yes. I, I just, man, I'm, I'm getting fired up. I think about the movies that we watch and we watch, you know, the movies that we may have watched as a young kid or, as a teenager or early in our lives or whenever it is, like we begin to have that expectation of marriage or what our relationships will look like or this or that. And it's, it's grounded in fantasy, not reality. Yeah. So we, Oh, sorry, go ahead. We want our understanding practice, our reception of love to be grounded in the person and work of Jesus, because he's the image of the invisible God. And we learn to love by being loved by him. Yeah. 
Sorry, I'm, I'm not laughing at you right now. What's going through my head is, and you're right on, and what's going through my head is, oh, do I say it, Lord, or not? Is what the question is. Yes. That's think, what's going through. Yeah, right. <laughs> I, I think that um, we talked about this in, in adult Bible study Sunday at 9, is that the vulnerability piece, the reason that the fantasies went out and we can mm. just turn on the tube and watch it and feel the warm fuzzies and be like, oh, that's what it's supposed to be, is because within the body of Christ, even we have not been vulnerable and transparent about mm. our ugly. Mm. And so the expectation is it shouldn't be this way. This shouldn't be ugly or hard sometimes. Right. And so just as the body of Christ, even we've avoided the ugly, the hard. And so in some ways, Christianity even is kind of propositioned or proposed that um, if you come to Jesus, all this stuff goes away Mm -hmm. and everything's great. It's become like a Disney flick or a Hallmark flick. Right. And it's not real. Like (laughs) Christians struggle we struggle. It's messy. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have to learn how to deal with those things. And so I, as you were talking, the reason I smile is because it's just like, yeah, this is kind of a wake up call for us. Mm-hmm. That as a body of Christ, we've got to awaken to being vulnerable and transparent about our junk sometimes as well yep. so that we don't push off this picture of, hey, look at us. We're the Hallmark Channel of Christianity. Right. You know, that oh, is not man. the case. Like if we, I've said this before, if like bubbles, thought bubbles went over our head on a Sunday morning, you know, how honest and raw would it be sometimes? Right. Um, so sorry, I kind of hijacked no. it again, but. You need to stop apologizing. You're saying great things. <laughs> so, it's great. Where are we going with this? Well, it, yeah, it's like, it's like the, the smiling when my house is on fire type of thing. I'm fine. It's like, mm. oh, like we need to be in it. I think that even segues well into first Corinthians 13. Yeah. Like if love was not hard, I don't think Paul would describe it the way he did. It's mm-hmm. patient and kind. Mm-hmm. It doesn't envy or boast. It's not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. How often do you like to insist on your own mm-hmm. way? Uh, it's your default posture. It's all of our default mm-hmm. posture. It's not irritable or resentful. Anyone ever struggle <laughs> with those two things? I do. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. And then if, if, if love was meant to be prettied up, never hard, and just this endless fantasy of emotional high, would Paul include it to say, love bears all things, mm. believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things? Mm-hmm. Do we think about love as long-suffering endurance? And like, again, all of these things that he just said are forever grounded in who God is right? as a being. Like he is patient and kind. He does not envy or boast. He's not arrogant or rude. And just the list goes on. And this list often read at weddings and all these other things. It's not enough to just know what this list says. It's not enough to just know how Paul defines love. We have to experience this love in order to become the type of people that can show this love over time. And it's perfectly embodied by Jesus. And it's grounded in who God is from the beginning of time and even beyond that. Um, yeah, is there anything you want to add there? That's the fruit of the Spirit is what, you know. Yep. I mean, so the reality is that this flies in the face of me because in the flesh... I can actually portray some of these things pretty well in the flesh, mm-hmm. but the truth is, is, is the source of mm. within my own heart. It's, I wrestle with it. Right. And so it's a wrestling match. And I think it's a, it's a growth opportunity for us to, to kind of push into these things. Like I said, early on, I don't see these as feminine or masculine. I think they just are. And yep. so I think that we're just going to, 
kind of jump into these things, you know, one at a time. But the reality is that um, whether you're a man or woman or whatever, we're going to wrestle with this stuff. And so um, I had a brother in Christ text me. We haven't seen each other for quite a few years. And he says, let's get together next week and be ready for a big man hug, you know. And I'm like, bring it. (laughs) like, Bring it. Um, For you to say that. That's a big deal, isn't it? That's a big deal. Yeah, right. Um, And so I think when we think of love, yeah, I don't know where I'm going with this other than to say, <clears throat> it's hard. Yep. It stretches us. Um, and it should, it shouldn't just be easy. It should be hard. Um, so looking forward to where this goes over the next few weeks. Yeah. And I think again, we, we've emphasized it's hard a lot, but we can't read this and just hope to white knuckle our way to becoming no, these kinds of no. people. We desperately need access to a power that is outside of mm-hmm. ourselves. That's the bad news. The good news is we've been given that power. Mm-hmm. Jesus is the example of this love and the spirit is the source by which we can become the type of people that are like Jesus, that mm-hmm. are able to love like him, that are able to be patient and kind, that are able to not be arrogant or envy or boast and not to be irritable or to be, and, and the goal is to become less and less these things mm-hmm. over time and become more and more like the positive things Paul is saying, mm-hmm. patient and kind and so on and so forth. But it'll be tested. Like that's the only way it can grow. Right. right, as if it's tested. Right. Otherwise, it's it, you don't know if you're patient. <laughs> exactly. Until it's tested. So, yeah. And I think we all would say, to a degree, depending on our perception of love, that we want to be loving people. Right. We all we mm-hmm. all want to be this if we have been following Christ for any amount of time. So we all want to be this, but we never want to be around people who test these things in us. Mm-hmm. Like we don't. We resist it. And of course, cause it's hard. Mm-hmm. So like I, and that's, I think that's what we'll get into is like, I want to become a patient person, but I never want to have to wait for anything. I never want to have to wait on somebody who continually makes me wait and tests my patience. I want to be a kind person, but, uh, I, I resent and resist the opportunities where I have to show kindness to people and mm-hmm. grow in that capacity. So mm-hmm. I think, I think it'll be challenging, encouraging, all the all the above for all of us yeah and that one uh first john four sixteen that you mentioned whoever abides in love abides in god mm. and god abides in him uh so you actually can't have god without this right, right. and so um just to keep in mind what it, what does the word abide means it means to rest in to have your find your being and to find the source of life in mm. um and so where where are we abiding? I think I appreciate you bringing that specific verse up because it reminds us to ask that question. Like, where is it that I'm abiding? Like, where am I living right now? And mm-hmm. what realm am I living in? Uh, God's or the world's or my own or whatever. Um, and so I think for me, uh, my closing thought, I'm sure you'll have more, but my closing thought would be that, it, for, that, that reminds me of the fact that I've got to be very aware of <clears throat> what the source of life is for me right now. Mm. It, where am I finding my identity? Where am I getting um, re- purpose to live? Like, what, what am I living for? And then uh, where am I getting resourced from? Um, and so to abide means to get our sustenance uh, from a source. And so am I, am I abiding in God? Mm. And if I am, then his love does abide in me as well. So uh, just as for me, I guess it was kind of a check to say, hey, you know, what? where, where am I finding the source of life from right now? And uh, I can't offer what I don't possess. And so if I'm not in God's presence, if I'm not seeking his will, if I'm not obeying him, if I'm not walking in newness of life through him, 
then the world is getting probably a really bad version of me mm. versus reflecting God's glory. So mm. that's what love does. It should reflect God's glory, even in hardship, which right. is a, our struggles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Your, your closing thoughts. Yeah, that was great. Um, as you're talking, like so many, so many scriptures just flew through my mind. Like John 13, when Jesus says, even as I have loved you yeah. now go and love one another. Or when he tells his disciples, like they will know you are my disciples mm-hmm. because of your love or, even in John 15, when Jesus links fruit bearing to abiding, like we cannot bear fruit unless we abide. Yep. But on the flip side, if we are abiding, we will bear fruit mm-hmm. in first John where it says, he who does not love does not know God. Mm-hmm. Like it's just Bible's very clear on all the things that you said. And so I think that's why it is of the utmost importance. Mm-hmm. And so I think to close for me, I think two questions that we need to ask ourselves. I think the first one would be, I'd encourage everyone to reflect on this. Like, how would you define love? If you were to put it in a sentence or two, like what, what would that be? Um, so I'd encourage us all to reflect on that. And then secondly, what inform you know you look at that definition what has informed that perception of what love is and being aware of the foundation of our understanding uh, so that we can either say it's this is biblical and i want to grow in it or man i i have to admit i've been informed about how i view love from these things and i need to um redeem it with the gospel and how jesus has come to show his love for us so how would we define love and what has informed that perception and how can we inject the gospel into that to redeem it? Very good. And as Ontario Christian Church gatherers, uh, those who gather together uh, to worship, we're going to be pushing into this more and more. One of the things we've been talking about in the 9 a.m. Sunday school class, uh, adult class, has been uh, how do we actually become the people God has called us to become? And one of the main steps is to become authentic and transparent and real. Uh, And we're going to keep pushing into this because um, we want to move the body of Christ from going to church to being the church. And Mm -hmm. in order to do that, we have to share one another's burdens and uh, carry those alongside of one another. And uh, we just want to continue to be messy, but also to seek after God's will in that, Uh, which brings one other thing up, especially for Ontario Christian church people. If you're listening in the body here, um, we would really encourage you to take the 12 week class on Mm -hmm. how people change. Uh, One of the goals is with that class is to do self introspection, uh, God's word, seeking his spirit and his truth about what does it mean to line up our wills with his and how do we pursue him? And then ultimately also to be able to walk alongside of one another. Mm -hmm. So just a quick plug. I know it's kind of a cheater plug, but I want to throw that out there. Um, just to invite you to that. If you're not part of the body here, you're more than welcome to join us online for that class as well. So you can feel free to check out our website, ontariochristian.org, or email us at podcastseekfirst at gmail.com. Uh, let's keep pushing in this topic. Loving one another is messy and hard work. Um, and I think it's a great topic that Jordan is bringing to us to consider how can we grow in this way. So thanks for listening, and we'll talk with you next week. God bless. Thanks for listening to the Seek First podcast with Steve and Jordan. We hope you enjoyed the conversation today. If you have any comments, questions, or feedback, please feel free to reach out to us as well as any topics you would like us to consider in the weeks to come. We encourage you to continue to seek first the kingdom of God where you work, live, and play. Blessings.